Welcome to C. Myers Live and thank you for joining us. I'm Rob Johnson, President and Principal here at C. Myers. And I'm Dave Loftus, Vice President at C. Myers. We're here talking with you today about budgeting and one of the reasons why Dave is joining us is we peeled him away from all the work he's doing helping places right now in this busy season, walking through strategies, walking through forecasts, and we thought we'd share with you some of the things that we've been seeing in these discussions. Yeah, it's really interesting, Rob. You know, it, they're nervous because they feel like they need to come up with one number, one final ROA, one final net worth ratio, and it's a frustrating process for them initially. So that is an observation right off the bat, but we have found that there are definitely some things places can start working on that you know, certain places have already started implementing that can make them feel a lot better about their budget process going forward. Yeah, that'll be important because, as you know, it is so hard to have confidence right now in knowing what will happen. And it's an impossible feat. I mean, right now, we don't even know if there's going to be baseball next week. Nonetheless, what auto balances are going to be 15 months from now. Yeah, exactly. And I don't even know if my kids will be in school next week. Uh, We're not not concerned about baseball, but yeah, I'm worried that I'll be in charge of helping my seven-year-old insert text boxes and download files. And and so, yeah, you know, next week, I don't know what that looks like. So, Well, the good news is at least the kids will be very tech savvy, right? You know, so they're going to be ahead of all of us in teaching us how to do all these things. But it's interesting because I know a lot of times when we're talking about people are like, not only do I not know what's going to happen, so how am I supposed to forecast to it? But I don't have time right now. I'm so busy doing all these other things. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I think where places should start is really changing their mindset. This isn't just a budget that gets put out there and then you pick it up again. 12 months later, oh, how'd we do? The budget process requires for many a a mindset change, not about getting the right number, but lay out not just one path for the decision makers, for the board to see, but what about laying out and starting the process off by modeling out four or five different paths? You could probably build a strong case for all four or five of those paths, but here's an example. Dave, uh, four or five paths right now, there are a few people who are getting a little nervous. That starts to sound like a heck of a lot more work. Yeah, I, I, I don't have time to do one, nonetheless, four or five. So honestly, if you connect and understand that the discussion that's happening is impacting all the different pieces of the organization and that it's connecting and it should be connecting with strategic planning and the ALM and process improvement, it's not just a budget discussion at that point. It's a strategy discussion, and that's invaluable. And so it's not just, oh, we're here for a full day to talk about numbers. No, this is important dialogue and discussion that's moving the organization forward. And that's where places should start is with that mindset change. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I know we've all been running into is sometimes places put themselves in a situation having so much pressure to be so detailed, so precise every single month on what's going to happen. And that just puts a very difficult amount of pressure 
on that team to have to address will it be correct every single month and that's impossible and the more you know we found that teams come together and realize look let's talk about the big assumptions what are some of the big concerns big challenges and start laying out some of those paths and let's get roughly right on those you can do a lot of things roughly right and have it inform your decisions than trying to do one thing with such precision that will never actually be right in the end and that's why one of our themes sometimes is i'd rather be roughly right than precisely wrong and you know i know that that's something that you've been also helping people with so what are some examples of what's happening pathwise and questions that people are asking as leadership teams are coming together yeah exactly right and just to piggyback on that real fast the it's hard to start with a blank piece of paper it's very difficult to start from scratch and and don't let that get in your way start putting in different assumptions what has been happening recently what if that continues what could change so on the path as i mentioned a little bit earlier four to five different paths there's no magic number to the number of different paths but that, that's what we've seen places experimenting with recently, and that seems to be a, a happy place for many. And, and the reason why I think many are landing on four to five different potential paths is the, the uncertain environment and how cloudy things are out there. But here's an example of a path that we're seeing a lot of places put into the forecast model, and that is, what if this deposit growth continues? Probably at the forefront for most places. A lot of institutions grown 20% maybe even more so far this year, and their net worth ratios are getting squeezed. What if that continues out until the end of 2021? We need to get our arms around what our net worth ratio, what our margin, what our bottom line earnings look like if this continues, and especially in this low rate environment. So that's probably the first path places are starting with is the continuation of that deposit growth. Another very common path, and there's some variations of this, what if we continue to see the deposit growth at these higher levels, and on top of that, loans slow down? And then from there, you can decide, is it consumer loans? Is it the mortgage demand finally slows down? But now what's happening is you got a scenario where maybe deposit growth is going pretty fast and loans are are able to keep pace at a decent clip and then you have a second scenario where deposit growth is is high and the loans are not there and you're having to rely on low yielding investments two very common paths right now you know and the key there is and i this came up the other day working with an institution building a multi-year forecast was in a lot of these scenarios the impact of that deposit growth or weaker loan growth, you may not see the full impact in 2021, or you might see that the ROA is hanging on okay and uh, the net worth, we could live with that. But you start extending that out to 2022, 2023, you start to see those challenges really unfold, the net worth getting to some uncomfortable levels. That really heightens the awareness for the team that you have looking at the forecast, it increases the stakes a little bit. And then what happens is you start to create some clarity with your team as to the situation. And you start to create some alignment in terms of what needs to be done to offset the impact of those scenarios playing out. Now you're starting to talk about ideas and actions that regardless of what the environment throws at us over the next few years, you've prioritized some action items to help you regardless of what happens. And so this is all kind of connecting and, and firm believers that need multiple paths. We've touched on 
two common ones right now, but there's also a few other paths places are testing out in terms of the recovery and what the economy looks like. We're seeing some institutions look at a quicker recovery. What if unemployment decreases a little bit faster than what's expected and credit risk does not show up to the levels that some places might expect and fee and other income goes back up and we're just in a better economic environment, a better situation. Let's understand that. But also at the same time, what if things are worse than expected? What if the credit risk gets up to some uncomfortable levels? What if fee and other income stays low for a couple year period? and we stay in this low rate environment. Those are kind of the four or five paths that places are really settling into. And it's not just a finance group exercise. I think we mentioned this a little bit earlier. This is a management team exercise. This is bringing in folks that maybe aren't in the numbers every day, IT, marketing, and making sure that they're aware of the possibilities that are out there and what the credit union might be facing in years to come. So well, it's a collaborative they, they, they can, yeah, they can play such a role in it, too, because it's so helpful for marketing to know, look, yeah, maybe we were pushing deposits before, but this is why we need to emphasize lending and this type of loan. Are we emphasizing the member experience and how easy it is to do these things with us and how we can do things in minutes because we know people are busy and they're at home? Or is it that you're going to be marketing to compete on rate? So the more that they start seeing those implications, it helps them with messaging to bring the right kinds of members within the target market in to help address and be part of the solution. Same thing with the lending and and operations and IT. What do we need to fast track on some of our capabilities so we can handle some of these different situations? And that all of a sudden, creates faster change. And it's so interesting how the old saying, necessity is the mother of invention. What is it that you're doing in your process of your forecasting to have some of that sense of necessity and understanding of some of the trade-offs to then invent better and faster solutions? I mean, look at the invention of 95% workforce being remote because of the necessity of the pandemic and how fast each institution really handle that and jump on things that they thought would take years if they ever were going to do it, and they did it in weeks. That is a powerful thing to picture and then say, how do we keep leveraging that kind of power as a team? Because you can make so much happen quickly when you're all aligned and you use that term alignment, and I think it's just a fantastic thing for people to visualize as they're thinking of these discussions. It is amazing what can be done when there's clarity and alignment. Here, we know what needs to be done. And a lot of places fast forwarded five years on working remotely and into a a couple week period. It's pretty fascinating. But that's what getting the team together will do. And when it comes to having a dynamic budget process, it's not just, again, finance team spending a day or two and coming up with a budget. Rather, it's a collaborative effort. It's maybe getting the team together for a full day, full day and a half, it's not going to feel like a waste of time. It is a great use of time because of the action items that come out of it, the discussion about the business, and it's not just a numbers thing. So collaboration and multiple paths, those are your two key starting points. In terms of having a 
a more effective dynamic budget process. And there probably isn't a more essential time to have that process. So that's normally where places start. It reminds me of that quote from Eisenhower where he said, in preparing for battle, I've always found that plans are useless, but planning is indispensable. It's that planning as a team, getting those ideas and really practicing and exercising the strategic thinking and the critical thinking part of the brain. And when you practice that, it's so interesting how you start seeing the difference it makes for people throughout the year and how they work together and they understand why certain things are so important. What do they need to protect? How do they quickly respond if things change? So now having those multiple paths that you're talking about and that definition of, as you're saying, the dynamic budget process is having a lot of different paths that you're testing. It helps them feel ready for most anything. And that can be very freeing as to, okay, we've got this. Here are the actions that are going to help us in most of those paths. And if we start seeing here's Here's our indicators that it's starting to go this other direction. What levers do we start pulling? That makes it easier. As we wrap this up, we're going to summarize it by saying there is no one right answer. That's really the only right answer is to do planning process in a way that involves the leadership team early on and lays out some different paths or stories that could occur and you help everyone understand the potential impact of those occurrences. And then if you don't like an answer on one of those paths, do a bunch of what ifs to solve it. Again, thank you so much. We appreciate all the different emails that we get in response to the C. Myers Live and follow-up questions. So don't hesitate to do that. Thank you so much. Thank you.